1: That day, going to Red's uh, apartment in D.C., in Georgetown area, and him opening that door, it was like, wow. And then, you know, him bringing me in his office, and he and I never really talked that much, and bringing me strong memorabilia and stuff that, you know, he had got over the years, and then he put his arm around me and said, Max, I just want to let you know, and I always remember he said, when you're young, you don't do things that are smart. Mm. I just want to tell you that I forgive you. And I will never remember my mind was like, what the fuck? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody, give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah.
0: That night, though, little did you know, that was technically the beginning of your broadcasting career, it was. right? It, 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 Talk
1: it, about that conversation well, you had. Jam Volk. Jam Volk was actually, I think I came back, it was after that. And uh, they had a Cedric Maxwell, that's when the last day of the garden, and they were closed in the garden. And that year, the last closed on the garden, so they were bringing back players, and you had a, a, a ticket. Uh, that, you know, would have your name on it, what you did, and, and on and on and on, and so they, they bring me out at, you know, in Center Court, and they talk about, you know, welcome back again, and that, you know, and tonight is, this is your ticket honorarium, and I've seen a thousand of, as people come up and bring them up, so I can have them, so I can sign them, but it was, after that, walking back in the hall, I was ready to go, go home, I wasn't going to watch the game, and, um, said to me Jan said uh, well we'd like to bring you back in the organization I was like oh really he would like you to come back in the radio because Jerry Seaston was leaving I was like okay he said um, but what you have to do you have to go back and you you have to go apologize to Red and I was like apologize to Red for what <laughs> I, I was the one that got treated. I mean I didn't even understand that like it didn't even bridge And then Jan said something. Jambo was general manager at the time said something was always registered. He said the father never, ever apologizes to the son. And you know, you could go with that with your dad. How many times do you think about your dad as apologized to you? Go on, maybe yeah, I never. Yeah, I did like <laughs> two, three times,
0: <laughs> and it just scares you. Yeah. So like the score, the score is like eighty-five to three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've apologized and, a lot more. And, yeah,
1: you can remember that, and yeah, and that was really just strange with him saying that to me, and I was like, okay, all right. And um, so it just went from there, and I ended up going down to DC, and I called Red. I said, Red, I'm coming down to your house. I didn't want to do it in his office. So, came down to his house in D.C. Maybe the nervous... I can't... I have never been that nervous before. And he, even in a big game... <laughs> yeah, because you it. don't get nervous for games much. No, maybe no. a little bit, but you're just ready no, to go. No, you get... Well, nerves in basketball is different. Everybody's nervous. In a big fight, everybody's everybody's nervous. Yeah. Is but it the anticipation, once, though? Or? No, but once they throw the ball up... Every basketball player I know, everything disappears. All the nerves, everything goes out the window you don't really hear the fans as much, everything kind of, and, but that day, going to Red's uh, apartment in D.C., in Georgetown area, and him opening that door, it was like, wow. And then, you know, him bringing me in his office, and he and I never really talked that much, bringing me some memorabilia and stuff that, you know, he had got over the years, and then he put his arm around me, and said, Max, I just want to let you know, And I always remember they said, when you're young, you don't do things that are smart. Mm -hmm. I just want to tell you that I forgive you. And I would never remember my mind was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Really? And I remember me in my mind, my body saying, shut up. (laughs) Don't don't say a freaking word. (laughs) Just say, Okay thing in my mind okay old man that sounds like and the way my dad would apologize that sounds about like, right okay <laughs> we're, we're good here okay and that was about it and I listened a little bit more and, and um, then kind of just uh, shuffled and kind of out the house said goodbye and thank you very much and that's, like I said that was when the history of uh, me Garandis started being the, started the broadcaster and that was what some 26 years ago I'm going to read this quote never let them see
0: your own cards and act like you're the same person you have something going on internally. Let that demon stay internal. Who said that?
1: Uh, that one more like than my dad. Yes. My dad was one of these people. Never let them see you. Never let them see you crack. I like
0: that. I like you that. Never
1: let them see you. You know, if it's affecting you in that way, you just you. They will never know. They will never know because your expression never changed That's how he was. Is that a gift it, and a curse? Yeah, uh, I think it's it's a gift if you're able to perform like that. If you're able to do that because now your opponent isn't sure of what they need to do to get to you. I mean, it would be a great thing to do if you had them boxing. If a guy hits you that hard, if you were able to just kind of shake it off, like a poker the guy's like, whoa, okay. Well, I mean, you, you remember, I think it was Muhammad Ali was talking about George Foreman, and George Foreman was swinging on him and hitting him, and, and Ali was like, that's all you got, George? And George's like, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's, that's all I got. So I think, and but that just frustrates people when they don't know if they've gotten to. you. So yeah, that was uh, that was Manny Maxwell's uh, gift to me. Sometimes I feel like the only way it can be a curse is like what we
0: talked about earlier, right? People thinking like, oh, you're so happy, go lucky. You're injured though. How could you be, you know, so happy? Like what you wrote in your book. You know, you don't let those things bother you because, you know, when you're ready, you're going to put forth the type of effort that, you, you know, that, that the team needs from you. But in the meantime, you're engine. I feel like people overlook that because of your personality, because you're so happy-go-lucky, not going to be so well, gloom.
1: Here's here's the big thing it's about sad. it. and gloomy. Are you trying to tell me, and even when the subject's lost, you're telling me that I am the link between you winning and losing? And I have four Hall of Famers, five All-Stars who are playing before me or are supposed to be better than me, but I'm the person that all of a sudden is the, the difference maker, and you winning and losing. That, to me, that that's a testament of, you know, how how much you meant to the team. And the fact that if, if those guys are going to blame you, think like, really? You got Kevin McHale, you got Robert Parrish, you got... Larry Bird got Nate Archibald. Four guys. And Dennis Johnson. Dennis came after that, but Dennis Johnson instead of Nate Archibald. But four guys who turned out to be one of the top 75 players of all time. Mm-hmm. And they was on the team, but they didn't win because you didn't play. That's a testament
0: to you as a, as a player. What was it like watching the 1986... Celtics win a championship
1: did that bother you no it didn't at all because, you know my, I was void of that I didn't I didn't have anything to do with that I wasn't getting a dollar out of that didn't get a penny out of it and it, it did not uh, I was happy for my my friends that they won but it did not register like oh my god you know I'm, I'm, I'm feeling so bad because I'm not on that team yeah. it's like I had a job to do and I'm, I'm someplace else and as and said before I wished them luck and that was it it seems like you probably
0: closed that chapter in your life, but then you didn't know, down the road, you'd be going right back to Boston.
1: Yeah, essentially, I, that's what I did. I closed the books, and pretty much had told myself that I would never come back to Boston again. And that's what I really meant, until they asked me to come back to Larry's Day. Talk about the day you found out that they
0: were going to retire your number. What was that?
1: Um remember the owner was coming over to me and the three of them and uh, said Max we want, want to ask you something and I'm like oh boy what would I do now <laughs> and they uh, <laughs> said well we want, we would like to retire your jersey and I was like oh uh, just really just kind of blown away by, by that
0: that, that ever crossed to,
1: your mind before that they might ask you no, I really didn't. I mean, I know people. People said, you know, your jersey needs to be one that needs to be retired. Now, how are they gonna retire somebody's jersey and yours isn't the next person? So yeah, that was uh, that was really cool. It was a, it was a cool moment. And I, as I told people, I said when I was at the event itself that day was surreal. Having to play Kevin Garnett's team, uh, Minnesota, and as Kevin Garnett says, we. Yeah, told me, that we beat the brakes off the Celtics that night. And they did. They had him down by about 35 or whatever it was. And they retired my jersey at halftime. And Kevin Garnett was the first person. I always remember the first person that came over and gave me love after I got through speaking. Yeah, because KG's a historian, man. And, 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 he respects me. And, you. and that, was yeah. like, that was so cool of him, man. I, I've always said that was the coolest moment. One of the coolest moments I've ever had from a guy who was... What I've always felt it was one one of the all time greats to actually come and give me show me so so much love. Really nice. This episode of the Cedric Maxwell podcast is brought
0: to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is your fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. What was it like covering him for six years? He was in Boston. That must have been
1: fun. Cool. It was fun, and I did not know how good it was going to be. I think Sean Grandy. He, he knew more than I did about it. And, and when we were talking about trading Al Jefferson, I was like, what? You're trade Al Jefferson? I mean, Al <laughs> You're Jefferson. one of those people? Tom, Tommy you were Hyson. like, something's messed up. They Tommy Mason was sitting there saying that, like, yo, if they trade Al, I better make sure I do my Tommy voice. they'll <laughs> be said it was me. If they trade Al, I'll quit. I'll quit. Well, they traded him and later on and, and it's really funny though because then I saw Kevin and I was like whoa I was blown away Sean had been watching him the whole time so Sean knew him he was uh, broadcasting in uh, for the, for M- in the Timberwolves yeah uh, so um, he knew and then I, I got a feel for it but Tommy still had a little something about it he didn't like and probably uh, right, because it's probably the N word And then he was. (laughs) I don't think it was that bad. Think about the N word. I don't think it was that bad. How does he get to say it so much? I I, I think that he just felt he was still just just did not. He didn't really appreciate Kevin Garnett in that way. And um, because I remember him coming over to me one time, like Kevin did not I have a good game against, I don't know, maybe it was Atlanta or whoever it was. And he looked at me at times and said, yeah, your boy, huh? Yeah, it's your boy. Wow! And uh, after, yeah. a, after a bad outing, yeah. But then my boy showed up, and, and you never heard Tommy say another word about Kevin Garnett after that. It was like, you know, he's a, he's a Celtic guy, Celtics guy. Now. Who were some of the
0: favorite players you like? Who you covered, not who you played with? Who was someone like throughout your broadcasting career? This is over what twenty years now, right? Who were some uh, of the players that stand out?
1: Celtics up? would be or be Paul, uh, Antoine. I just had a bunch of fun with those guys because they were young, and I was younger at the time, so I've hung out with them a few times. Um, uh, it's great time. Obviously, Kevin and uh, Ray. I, I really, I think I really of, of the people that I kind of got to appreciate Ray more than anybody because I always felt like you know there was a big. Everybody said it was the big three with with McHale, Parrish, and Bird when. You know, I knew it was a big four. Right. And I, and then you looked at Ray Allen and, and Ray and Paul and Kevin. It said the, the big three. And then next thing you know, it seemed like it was just Kevin and Paul. And, I mean, yeah, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin and, Paul, and, yeah. and Paul at that time. And, 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 and even so Rondo always, got there. Yeah. yeah, so I even always felt like Ray was, I had more kindred to him because of his position with this team. And knowing that they could not have won without him, yeah. and knowing how valuable he was on both ends of the floor, offensively and defense, I've just made a great connection with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And as you said about, like radio, and you know, radio, and then seeing me on TV, it's like people have a great appreciation. They, and sometimes, you know, you think that people haven't heard you on the radio or TV. And I'm walking down the street, and I might be talking to somebody, and somebody will stop and go. Oh my God! I heard that voice before. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Voice. that's gotta be. Oh my deal. God! that's oh, you're this is your So, so that that to me that's been special, and you know, I'm just I, I'll live with that. That's what I mean, man.
0: I feel like you're a celebrity in the sense because yeah. of the basketball, because of broadcasting. You know, you connected through generations now. You know,
1: we're talking about it, 20, 30, 40 it, years. It is it has happened, and I just can't believe it's been that much time that's gone by. But that's just how has been. I've been blessed. Absolutely. Yeah. Finals MVP, 1981. I can't believe it's been 40 years. Man. Yeah, does it set. feel like it's been 40 years? Uh, no. No. time I mean, flies. Time huh? just, time just flies, man. Time really flies. So, yeah, that that's just how it goes. Appreciate you, bro. All right, man. this is perfect. All right.